0: Welcome to Show Me Mike, the podcast where I talk to other podcasters about their podcast. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym for Show Me Your Mic or on Twitter at smym_fm, underscore fm and of course in iTunes where I would love and appreciate a review or a rating if you feel like throwing that in there. I'm your host Chris Enns and for this episode I've got Adam Martin on the show from the Makers of Sport podcast where he talks with creative types involved in sports it's a great premise for a show and allows them to talk with some really interesting people. You can check it out at makersofsport.com. My thanks to Campaign Moderator for once again sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mike. More about them a little later on in the show. Now here's my conversation with Adam Martin. Adam Martin podcast is makers of sports, makers of sport.com. Um, and, uh, the premise as I read it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong is, uh, in the intersection. Well, I'm just going to read your bio. I'm not going <laughs> to, I won't pretend like I'm not looking right at your website right now. <laughs> the intersection, <laughs> intersection of sports design and creativity, which I just think is an awesome premise and sort of niche thing or whatever. I kind of hate using the word niche, but I mean, it is what it is, but, um, it, of just like, you know, there's plenty of design podcasts there's plenty of web design podcasts and but just going into like okay this one aspect of design as it relates to sport and I would guess you have a connection with sport and and that kind of thing we'll get into but uh yeah I, I love this the premise I love the the, the episodes I listen to and uh, also just the design of your site for that matter too is is a great look it doesn't look like every other podcast site out there so what what's what's uh stepping back a little bit from just this particular podcast what brought you into podcasting in the first place
1: so yeah, I mean, I I started listening to podcasts probably when they first came out. I guess maybe around two thousand four, two thousand five, somewhere in that that area. And um, there were I found like a design podcast. I can't even remember what the name of it is now. But um, I just thought I was very fascinated that um, I never was really a listener to talk radio. So it, it's kind of interesting that I somehow ended up falling in love with. talking (laughs) on the radio, (laughs) but, um, I, uh, so I listened to a design podcast and then just over the years, uh, you know, especially in the last couple, couple years, you know, we've seen great shows come about, especially in design and also in comedy and some other industries and, uh, just fell in love with it and never really thought that I would do it. Um, up until I started listening to a guy, uh, who is a hand letterer and, uh, San Antonio, Texas. His name is Sean McCabe. And um, his website is seanwes.com. And I started listening to his show. And uh, he actually said something that really stuck out to me. And uh, it was um, the only difference between myself and someone that doesn't have a podcast is uh, that we're willing to put ourselves out there, put out things that are imperfect and to iterate in public. And uh actually at that time, Aaron Dowd, who you've had on your show, mm-hmm. um, was on the show with Sean. So oh, nice. little little circle there. Yeah. So anyway, it, it kind of pushed me to uh to start start this thing. And also I had just finished up reading uh Alexis O'Hanian's book, you know, the, the co-founder of Reddit, um, without their permission. And uh and you know, big listener of like five by five and some of those type of uh networks and just had just left a a job as a creative director at a small web shop in Lexington and decided to do something new and jumped right in without having a clue what I was doing. I thought <laughs> I would just press record and we'll go how hard can it be yeah <laughs>
0: that's awesome so this is your your first show with um, makers of sport is your first show
1: yeah yeah it is nice. and uh, and i i sort of uh i I wanted to get on a schedule, you know, and, and I knew that that was the one thing as far as, uh, just being a big listener of a lot of podcasts. I knew that a schedule is very important and, and I knew how frustrating it was for me when I listened to shows and you just didn't know when the next one was coming out. And so I forced myself to, um, I wasn't ready to commit to uh, a show every week just because I, I stay pretty busy on the services side. And, um, decided to do every other week. I figured that would give me enough time to do interviews or to to line up interviews. And uh, it's been working out pretty well. And and obviously, as as you know, and everybody that probably listens to this show knows, it's a ton of work and it only gets as deep as you want it to go. It just gets deeper and deeper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Talk to me a bit about the, the you, you mentioned the scheduling thing, and that's something I know that um, uh, there's a bit of back and forth sometimes on. And I, I'm a subscriber and a believer in that maximum or whatever that you need to if whatever schedule you set forth whether it's once a month bi-weekly weekly weekly, you need to stick to that and and keep the episodes coming and obviously you know sicknesses and things aside but um just trying to stick to that not just let it slide or whatever and that's kind of the death of a podcast often but from a listener's perspective i'm just curious if you can sort of go back and maybe this still happens too is what is the the drawback or the the frustration that you feel when a show isn't out on the schedule like when you whatever I don't know if it's like the talk show or back to work or something or or whatever that you listen to and the episode isn't there I'm of the of the mind this has always been my pushback before I sort of really bought into the scheduling thing is of the mind of well I'll just listen to something else and then that show will eventually appear but I know that there is I well I've seen it with this show too when I'm consistent it just everything seems to go better both my end and listener end. so how about you what's your experience
1: yeah, it's it's um it's basically exactly that as far as like going better. I mean, you know, the thing about listening to other shows is um, I never did know there's a few shows that I know exactly what day they come out. But, but that's just because, you know, you've been listening for a while and you start to notice this pattern. But but even if a show comes out, um, you know, maybe it's a monthly show, but it's one of those things where I notice when it takes a really long time, you know, so like mm-hmm. uh, say a show is monthly and then all of a sudden, you know sometimes even the the uh um host will announce and say yeah we'll be out next month and you know whatever and then all of a sudden you just don't hear from them for three more months yeah <laughs> or or there's no closure <laughs> to like so the ending of a show maybe um yeah. there's there's been shows that I've listened to that just completely disappear and you're just like what what happened to this thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um but as far as the schedule is concerned it it helps me um sort of maybe subconsciously to uh, you know, this is something that like many of us we're trying to figure out how to make a little money from this. We're not, we're not necessarily doing it for the money uh, directly. We're doing it for the love, but you know, obviously in the back of our minds, we're, we're trying to figure out how do we make money be that through sponsorships or communities, uh, paid communities and things like that. And uh, for me, I, uh, uh, because of that reason and because it's not something that I'm getting paid for Having that in- enforced schedule sort of makes me do this thing consistently without sort of slipping up and, uh, and thinking, well, I'm actually doing this completely for free and spending a lot of time and not getting paid for it. So it, it just makes it become a priority, having that schedule and and, and, it's, and being public with the schedule and announcing that, hey, every other Monday, you're going to have an episode for me. And, uh, and then on Tuesday, you're going to get my newsletter, uh, which is going to be the main, a lot of times just the show notes. Um, but, but sometimes I've, when I find time, I try to write some articles and things too on the site. So I try to, the main thing is always going to be the podcast, but, um, you know, I I obviously want to kind of drive some, some traffic as well. And, and I want to do long, maybe a little more long form or, or deeper dives on sports related, um, creative projects be that in design or just from a, a, a technology perspective or fashion. I mean, I, you know, have written about shoes, uh, sneakers and things like that. And, uh, and I really want it to be high level because there are a lot of, um, and, I, and I'm kind of going on a tangent here, maybe into a little bit of more the mission yeah, no, of, no, <laughs> but um, th- there are a lot of networks or blogs out there and things where uh, the sports industry uh, especially with uniforms in in pro and college sports uh there's a lot of uniform sort of geek blogs, and they tend to be really subjective and, and there's a lot of trolling <laughs> that that tends to happen uh you know it's that uniform sucks, you know and it 's like well, why does it suck and and number one, we don 't know the actual goals and initiatives and in the and the reasoning behind it, and so I wanted to kind of bring a professional level of discussion to these types of things. And, and an, an example of that is um, in episode 11, I interviewed a, a guy by the name of Adam Clement, and he is the team sports creative director at Under Armour. And so he's, he's the uh, the leader of the group that creates all of the uniforms for Under Armour. And, and they tend to do, a lot of brands are trying to sort of catch Nike because I don't know how familiar you are with uh, university of Oregon football and they, they're sort of innovative things that they do with uniforms. Uh, so, so under armor, a lot of, a lot of brands are trying to catch Nike. And so under armor is really doing some, some neat stuff. But the thing is, is that it gets on these uniform blogs and it gets completely trashed and completely subjective. And, and, you know, and, and like I said, everybody's like that uniform sucks or whatever. And mm-hmm. there might even be a subconscious, um, Allegiance to another team—that no matter what that team does, it's going to suck to you, right? Totally, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. So, so I wanted to bring bring uh, people in and talk about a higher level, uh, higher conceptual level from the conceptual side and from the branding and strategy side, and really get behind these projects and and view them uh, in in a deeper way. And so, something that Adam Clement actually said that stuck with me, and I try to put a quote one of the uh, the better quotes that sort of speak to me at the beginning of each episode show notes. Uh, he said, my goal isn't to please the blogs and the internet audience. Our goal is to make everyone happy. Our goal isn't to make everyone happy. It's really to tell the story that school wants to tell. It's about those athletes. It's about that school at that time. And that's something that's really interesting to put that out there and have this guy who's the one is the one behind the scenes, creating these things, uh, and doing tons and tons of research and, and, making these things highly conceptual, everything from the smallest uh, symbolism in a line, you know, on the uniform that we think, oh, that's just a line. But actually it stands to represent something based on uh, the design ethos. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I wanted to put that out there, you know, because that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. They look at it and they're like, well, I don't like that color. I don't like the look of that collar or whatever. And I'm not a huge uniform Nerd myself, I'm just speaking to one particular episode, but, but that's that's sort of the reason why I did this, and and I have a passion for sport, and especially um, the intersection of sport and culture, and really how sport influences culture, uh, uh, specifically creative culture. If we think about street brands, um, you know, uh, and fashion, how how sport influences that, you know, especially basketball. Basketball tends to really influence. Um, culture in a way, especially with sneakers and and all the way up. So,
0: yeah, and that's yeah, that was good, good, uh, good r- rant, not rants, what's the tangents, whatever. Yeah, that. but that's yeah. <laughs> that's what I think is so interesting and and would be hard to be objective. Like I think somewhere I saw I forget which team you're you know you're partial to or teams that you're partial to, obviously in your own sporting life and, and interests or, or whatever. And it's hard to remain a bit unbiased in in discussions, especially if it's a, you know, sort of a cross town or cross city or whatever rival, right, right. that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, the design and stuff. And, and it's, I, I think someone can appreciate that who has worked in a creative avenue of any sort where people, not, not uh, people who aren't as interested in the deeper details of it, even say podcasting, for example, might make fun of or not find anything like that as interesting but uh to those who do it's it's fun to sort of get into the nitty-gritty of details of why that line is that way or why the the fader is turned to seven instead of eight or, or whatever little minutiae of the, right, the right. details of it is is about so um how have you um i would guess that the folks like as far as finding folks to chat with an interview these aren't a lot of folks who necessarily get a lot of press maybe outside of like, again, maybe, um, magazine articles that sort of go a little bit deeper inside some of the the design processes and stuff like this. But has it been hard to sort of get people to come on podcasts and convince them that this is a worthwhile, you know, hour, whatever of the time and the promotional effort that it might bring for them and all that kind of stuff?
1: It, It hasn't been too tough. I was very fortunate in that, um, I, I, when I started my career, I came from a sports marketing company which was pretty uh, well known and so i sort of knew some of the people in this niche right and so i i crossed paths with a guy years ago who, who i admired that does a lot of sports branding work from the logo side and he, he he tends to cross over into mainstream a little bit because he's a very talented illustrator um and people you know he's got like a lot of dribble followers and that type of thing um and, and he became a friend of mine and, and even someone that I would consider maybe a mentor. And, and I actually was part of a creative organization in Lexington, Kentucky, and had got him to come speak before. And so when I started the show, he was one of the first names that I reached out to, and he was all about doing it. So that sort of initial or me, immediately gave it a little bit of credibility. Right. Um, yeah. In my first interview, I interviewed a friend of mine who's a very talented photographer. Gra- he was a uh, photographer, graphic designer turned photographer, and he does a lot of photo compositing and really talented guy. And, um, and I interviewed him first because I wanted to interview some, someone that... Um, you know, maybe wasn't on the level of like a creative director at Nike or something like that, you know, where <laughs> if I messed up, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be as embarrassing. So we, since I knew him and and obviously, you know how, when you interview people that you already know, uh, a lot about, it just makes it so much easier and a lot less scripted. So I interviewed him first and then moved into the second guy, which, which is Joe Bosack. That's the, the guy I was referring to. And then the rest were sort of people that I was connected to through Twitter. Um, and then started just really moving, <laughs> honestly moving into uh, like LinkedIn and, and finding people, you right. know, and just just like what's your title, searching titles at different brands and, and things like that and, uh, and reaching out to them. And, uh, you know, if somebody would follow me on, on follow the, uh, uh, the podcast Twitter account, uh, for example, episode six, Jose Lopez, he's the creative director of the Houston Rockets. Uh, in the NBA and uh, he followed the Twitter account and I just sent him a DM and was like, Hey, you want to come aboard the show? And he, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, one (laughs) of my most interesting interviews now now I do get, uh, I do get people that don't respond, you know? Um, I haven't had anybody come out directly and turn me down, but, but I, uh, I get, have had a lot of people not respond. Yeah. it gets
0: lost in the PR somewhere or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and that's why with the Under Armour one, I was so blown away. They were very, very receptive of this. And, and, you know, I reached out, I had a mutual connection with Adam, uh, on LinkedIn. And I asked the guy, I was like, can you introduce me to him? And, and he introduced me, I, you know, sent him the pitch of coming on the show. He was like, yeah, absolutely. Sounds interesting. He's like, let me run it through our PR department. CC the girl. She was very receptive, sent me, you know, PR sanctioned images and things like that, that I can include on the site. And, uh, and it was great. And honestly, you know, things like that, um, from a branding perspective, it makes me want to support them. Honestly. I mean, you know, I, for, for many years, I've been a, uh, a sort of a Nike brand loyalist, I guess. Uh, and, (laughs) And, but something like that, you know, and as hard as it is to get somebody to come on from Nike and having Under Armour be fully receptive, it's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna, we'll start buying as much Under Armour stuff as I can. Now I'm gonna make a conscious decision there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, that's the, you, you, I guess you'll come across this as more, you know, companies that get that talking to what may perceive to be like you're not Time Magazine, obviously, or whatever, and like, and so talking, but talking to the quote unquote little guy still helps get the word out to a lot of people who might not otherwise hear or understand the ethos of their brand or their marketing message or whatever. And, and hopefully, you know, folks like you doing things like what you do will encounter that a little more. And, and it becomes a little easier to, to have folks like that on. Cause, cause yeah, it's they're they're just people too. Like whether they work top level Nike or, or just make t-shirts down, down in the local t-shirt shop for the high school volleyball team or whatever. Right. Um, you know, they're all struggling with similar issues and stuff and have similar conversations and stuff. It's just, they might have a couple extra zeros after their budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, it's true, and that's where I think lots of podcasters maybe feel like whatever their their focus is. I know I felt the same way when I started this show. Of like, well, I know a couple people. and They'll probably come on, but i there's no way I'm going to get a whoever it was at the time, like you know Dan Benjamin or somebody that was you know up there in my mind. But then you start emailing them, and they're like, sure, I'd love to come on. I want to any chance I get to promote my thing. <laughs> I'll happily yeah. do it, you know, given the time and all that kind of stuff. So more often than not, they'll say yes to to what you're doing, as long as you present yourself in some somewhat of a professional, you know, capacity. It's, yeah. yeah. Any, yeah, any I tips, agree. I guess, on what, when you're sending, you mentioned the pitch that you send out, um, you know, when you're pitching these folks, what kind of stuff are you including details or whatever are you, are you sending to them to sort of entice them to come on?
1: Yeah, so I, I obviously sent them, you know, my sort of little tagline for the show, conversations at the intersection of sports design and creativity. And then um, I'll usually include some of the more well-known interviews or um, brands, you know, people that work for specific brands uh, to, to kind of immediately give it a little credibility, you know, that I'm not interviewing um, some, somebody that works at maybe a local high school. And not to undermine that at all, but, you know, the reality is, uh th- that 's just not going to get a whole lot of people <laughs> to listen, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the thing is a lot of people that follow that that are in this sort of demographic look up to a lot of these people and they and their thing is they want to know how do we get to how do you get to that level you know yeah and uh and, and so i 'll send that uh and then you know maybe sometimes i 'll send an article uh that i 've written which there aren 't very many <laughs> unfortunately, but you know uh, i 'll show them that This is not about geeking out about, you know, the latest sneaker or talking about the colors or things like that. We're going to talk, um, on a higher level and to be quite honest, um, I, you know, I don't know much about interviewing. I mean, like I said, I just jumped right into this, but I've started to learn, uh, just from listening and, and now, you know, I'm starting to hear podcasts and be like, well, that's actually, that's not a good interview at all. Like that person didn't do the research and, (laughs) you know, you're starting to see stuff like that. And so I, um. I sort of let them know that, you know, if you come on the show, you're going to be framed in a way that if you can answer the questions and, and have this conversation, you're going to be framed in a way that's going to make you look and sound extremely smart and intelligent, which you are, because that's the reason that I asked you to come aboard. We're not going to talk about very minute things. Like why did you choose that color or whatever? We're going to talk about high, higher level strategic things. And um, you know, the brand side of things and uh, how do you handle, you know, a a, a question that um, I uh, actually sort of led uh, Adam Clement, the Under Armour guy into this question without actually having to directly ask it because I was sort of testing whether he would answer it or not. And right. so I, I there was a back a few years back, Under Armour had designed these uh, uniforms for the university of South Carolina, which were for the wounded warrior port project. And, uh, and it was, um, uh, it was, uh, kind of had like a camouflage, like a, like a military camo look. They were really one of the first people to kind of do that. And, um, the whole reason was behind it was because something about the proceeds were going to the wounded warrior project and this type of thing. But anyway, so the numbers were not, uh, easily readable from the field there's some there's some of these small things people don't think about like why did they choose that or whatever did you actually go up in the top of the stands and view down at a prototype to see that you can actually see that number and right. so the way the light hit this thing it was like he he knew right away on the field like this is not going to work and I, I remember that being sort of a a debacle, I guess, on a lot of the sports sites, like the ESPNs and SB nations and things like that about how they ended up having to change their uniforms. And so I sort of led him into that question, asking him what type of research they do. Like, is it, are you doing extensive research and actually going, you know, like I mentioned before, up into the stands and looking at these things on prototypes and things like that. And he he jumped right in and answered it. And it was a beautiful moment too, because it, you know, that humanizes him. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a mistake that he acknowledged that he made in his career and he talks about how he got over it. And he talks about how, how do you deal with criticism when, uh, you are a sports branding, uh, person and you recreate, uh, an, an identity that, you know, is, it's almost tribal to an extent. Um, you know, like people aren't getting tattoos. This is kind of the running joke on the show. People aren't getting tattoos of like Pepsi, Right. Like people are getting tattoos of their favorite hockey team you know yeah. and they're very passionate about it and so when you redesign the identity of something like that there are a lot of stakeholders involved everything from the front office management maybe alumni if it's a college and then of course you have the most vocal which are the fans on social media <laughs> you know you redesign <laughs> the identity of the of the hockey team of you know a guy who's been going to games with his dad for you know x number of years you know and there's that's the beautiful thing about sports. Uh, I'm actually more passionate about that side about sports than a lot of times even the sport itself, because there's so many great stories behind it. and everybody has a connection with, um, you know, like I said, going to a game with their, their dad for many years. and it's so personal to them, you know, maybe their father passed away a couple of years ago or whatever, and that's their memory. They can remember going to those games and they can remember when they were a kid and what things looked like and that type of thing. And I think that's why people care so much about it. So being able to have conversations about that um, is, is fascinating.
0: Yeah, and that's what I know. Like sport to me is the – the. I think it was on uh, maybe the talk show. John Gruber often talks about baseball in there if you listen to that show. but And often he's he said like there's kind of like two folks, either you're like stats nerd junkie on the sports stuff, which I get a little bit of. But it, I'm like I can't stand watching baseball, but I love the story of baseball and the – the mythology mm-hmm. of baseball and, the, and that kind of stuff, just like you're saying. And so, um, and it's easy to get cynical in like, bringing it back to what you're talking about with the design of a, say a uniform or a logo for a team where it feels more like, well, they just want, it's a money grab and they want, you know, just another, they, they're putting on another uniform. We had the same thing up here in the Canadian football league recently with, um, I don't, I was just trying to Google if it was Under Armour that did them or not, but um, all the teams got a third uniform that was like a little more edgy and and There's a bit of a cynical kind of look of like, well, they just they're trying to sell a few more uniforms, make a couple of bucks, right? Um, and that angle on it, and there's I'm sure there is that involved in in some of this too. But for the folks involved in the design and stuff, obviously that's not what they're after necessarily. It's the like, I appreciate the idea of wanting to tell that story. I, I was thinking, <laughs> you don't see a lot of people getting tattoos of, of podcasts, I guess, yet. Today, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe a t-shirt, if, but.
1: May, maybe if I get a million listeners, I'll get a tattoo of the Makers of Sport logo. Exactly. Or something. <laughs> Which we all know is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know. Don't sell yourself short.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, it's a fun thing and it, and it's uh, I love and it sounds like this is similar to what you do like I love the conversations you get to have with folks who you other like there'd be no good excuse for you to just call up I'm just looking at your last episode as John Trotter, who i don't know myself who that is, but I'm guessing there probably wouldn't be a great reason where you could just call him up and chat with him for an hour or whatever about sports stuff and design, and you know he wouldn't take your call on that, but you're on a podcast and it's kind of like a a great little avenue. never mind everything else that you get to do as a result of this, but a great reason just to. Have a conversation with someone of a peer or a like-minded folks, so
1: yeah, absolutely, and you know honestly, for my day job is you know I'm a freelance designer and uh, you know full time, and uh, you know this is it's all about relationship you know business is all about relationships, and so you know I get to have these conversations with people, and it even though I'm not at this time, you know and I got like a sponsorship link on my website. And, and honestly, I haven't even decided if I'm going to take sponsorships yet. I've had a couple of inquiries, but I want to make sure I just, you know, it's tough, you know, and i know you've had this conversation on here before about, you know, I want to make sure that it's something that I use and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the thing is, is that it, it still is a little bit of, uh, I guess the right word would be maybe inbound marketing for me because I get to have these conversations with people. And, you know, the thing is, is if, um, I, Part of branding and part of design, and I feel like part of being a good designer is having an ability to ask questions and not just ask questions, but ask the right questions. Like how can, how can you ask the right questions to really get to the meat of what you need to know, you know, like to get behind that sort of layer that, um, maybe the, the business is not talking about, or maybe they just don't understand or know that that's their actual problem. And so this is helping me one to get better at asking questions. Um, you know, deeper questions mm-hmm. and, and, and also listening. I mean, listening, I, you know, a lot of us that podcast, we like to talk, right. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, it, it helps me to learn to actually sit back and let me listen and let me process what these people are saying instead of just going down a list of questions and maybe they already answered that, you know, yeah, and, I've run into situations where, uh, you know, they've answered that, and I might actually get kind of stuck, you know, and I'll have to kind of go back and <laughs> edit that part out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. But, and that's yeah. Especially, I know I'm, I'm doing it to you right now, as a <laughs> you're my guest, and I'm interrupting and talking over you. But the <laughs> I've I've with this show, 56 episodes in now, you get a little more comfortable with stuff, but still, I it took me a while to sort of throw out a bit of the script because I always wanted to just make sure I got certain things asked and certain things discussed and would kind of like disregard, I'd uh, find myself not listening to the the response just to get, make sure I remember the next question or figure out how I was going to ask it or whatever. And these days now with this show, especially I've, I've more or less thrown it out and just, I have a couple notes that I do, but because I mean, I would, I wouldn't necessarily know where you're going to go with the conversation. Obviously when we talk and I have a general idea of where I'd like to go and certain things, but if I try to stick to that script too much, I'm going to miss anything that anything extra interesting just like we we're talking about stories and stuff that might come out just because i'm stuck on going Kate, okay, now number five is newsletter okay right. talk to yeah. you about newsletter or whatever, yeah. Yeah, or whatever.
1: <laughs> you're reading ahead you know you're like on the, the the guest is answering question three and you're like looking up like question seven like when me you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: totally and that's uh I'll, I'll do a cheesy segue to sponsorship just because we need to stop for a sponsor but i, I know that's uh an issue we've discussed here at Good Stuff as the network grows um, and we do take on different sponsors and looking at different avenues for sponsorship for the different shows, we try and take the model of uh, site-wide, in general, I mean there's exceptions always, but in general, a site-wide sponsor. And so then you definitely have come up against the, the issue of as much as the, it's like, say Adam and Tim and myself who are the founders have used say Campaign Monitor, not all the guest hosts or the hosts haven't on other shows, but they're still going to do the sponsor read and how do we sort of handle all that and and everybody's been doing great on that but um but it does come of kind of as we grow there's going to be times where some of us aren't going to be users of a certain brand or product or service or whatever and yet still do a sp- sponsor read and and we've just been it's just funny because we were just talking about that the other day and how to sort of help hosts and ourselves sort of figure that out and speak highly of a thing that maybe isn't something that you're either able to use or or don't use right now and and how do you speak with integrity about that if it's something that and obviously we give our this is a bit of a rant here I guess but we give our <laughs> give our hosts a bit of freedom to say no I, I like I mean we wouldn't take anything on that was against anything that we believed in obviously but also if it's like someone just really had a bad experience at sponsor A well we're not going to force them to use them and we'll work something out but anyway
1: yeah no I and and that's you know I think that's the thing with uh with my show being so targeted towards a demographic that, you know, the reality is I'm never going to get a Squarespace or, you know, the ones that we hear all the time to sponsor the show because my numbers are are never going to be as big as what they're looking for. So the, so the reality is I need to get sponsors if I choose to get sponsors that are very um, targeted to this particular demographic, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's uh maybe that's like a ticketing app or, or something like that. And, uh, you know, maybe it's some kind of coaching software or something. And, you know, the thing is that since some of those things don't tend to be mainstream, I might not actually have a need to use them. And yeah. so since I can't use them, I, it's going to be hard for me to speak to the level of quality that they actually are and to speak honestly about them. And that's, uh, you know, so that's sort of the dilemma that I run into yeah. <laughs> with sponsors.
0: Well, and there's, there's a, this is again, something we talked about. We've talked about it. Good stuff is there's a gap right now. Uh, and I think, a, I think there's a, a business opportunity here and, and for somebody to, it's kind of what, uh, if you're familiar with Lex Friedman, he used mm-hmm. to do this, um, where he's sort of the, the agent or whatever going, go between, between sponsors and podcasters, finding advertisers and fitting them with spo- with podcasts. And, um, he's since gone on to work with the mid roll which is, you know, it's kind of like minimum 10,000 or 50,000, whatever the number is, um, downloads per episode before they'll talk to you kind of idea. Um, but something, someone in between that, who's in the 1000 to 10,000, like, cause there is going to be brands or, or products that can, like, it'll, they'll pay less obviously, but they would also love to still get in front of a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of people, maybe a whole bunch of podcasts that only have 500 downloads, but it's a whole bunch of podcasts that are in that right niche that speaks across the world or across the North America or wherever their target is. Um, and it would just require, I mean, it's a lot of work and and not something we're equipped to do good stuff ourselves. And so I think there is some, something in there anyways that someone could take up, but.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, and I think another thing is that um, like, like most of us also know that when you listen to shows, um, you're obviously going to have some people that come just for the, that particular interview, but but your loyal listeners are the people that listen to it also for you, right? They know your personality, they feel like they know you. I mean, I listen to your show and and you know look at this conversation. You've never talked to me before, but it's like you know it's like I feel like I know you, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and and that's that's kind of the same way with with my show. But you know, one of the things is that having a particular influence among your listeners. Obviously, that's a good thing when reading a sponsorship read. But just from like a community perspective, I mean, for me, um, I've been able to make connections between even some of my guests. I mean, even my interview this morning, which is going to come out on Monday, um, I mentioned, you know, I'm going to introduce that guest to some other guests that I had in the past that I think it would be a good connection for them to make. You know, from so a lot of these people, even though it's a small um, part of the industry that some of them still don't know each other. And so you almost become, I hate the word gatekeeper because obviously I'm a big fan of Alexis Ohanian and and without their permission, you know, that type of thing. But, but you know, you, yeah. you kind of become, uh, I don't know what's the right word. Maybe it's a Malcolm, one of the Malcolm Gladwell things, but you sort of become like this connector, you know. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is maybe a paid community. I've actually been talking directly to some of my guests. I mean, maybe a way for revenue is to actually come up with a paid community. Like, hey, listen, um, we will do you know, the show, the interview show, the edited interview show is always going to be free and it's always going to come out every other week. Um, but you know, maybe there's a live stream, uh, with, with a Q and a, 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 an, an unrecorded Q and a afterwards where, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the reality is a lot of these people don't get the opportunity to sit down and have an hour conversation with some of these guests. Um, And, and it's going to give them an opportunity to get in there and get into the live chat and maybe ask questions and sort of play around and let's let loose a little bit now that we're not recording. Cause I'm sure you found this, but for me, a lot of the best content comes when we're not recording yeah (laughs) or when, I mean, maybe I'm still recording. I haven't actually stopped recording, but you know what, they're still talking after the show's finished and they sort of loosen up and yeah it's actually funny. I have an editing story where, um, so, and I know that you you the flow of your show as you get into this a little later with the tools and things, but I, um, I use Adobe audition to record the show. And and that's simply because I I already have a subscription to creative cloud for design. And, um, I was interviewing my second, my first guest or yeah, my, yeah, my first guest, I just basically hit record and we just went, you know, Mm -hmm. and they were like, I went in in between and kind of like tried to edit out silences and stuff, but I didn't actually know Adobe audition at all really at that point. And my second guess was like, you know, I, I, could you go back and ask the first four questions again? Because I feel like I'm a lot looser now and, and, you know, maybe you can just edit them back in. And, and I, you know, it was like, I don't even know that that's possible. I'm sure it is. Maybe it is, but <laughs> I don't know how to do that, you know? And so I spent an entire weekend basically going through lynda.com <laughs> and learning, uh, you know, learning how to use Adobe Audition and, and learning how to do that and, the whole thing has just been kind of learn as you go. And that's the whole, that's where, you know, talking earlier, just about how deep it gets, you know, Mm. you can go as deep as you want. And now I remember listening to a show of a guy, um, who interviewed really good designers and the content was really good. But now I remember listening to the show and he would always interview them in person and it would, you know, weird things would happen. Like, oh, he would drop something or (laughs) like, uh, you know, background, you know, some background noises are okay. Cause obviously these are not radio shows in the end, they're podcasts. And I think there's a little bit of imperfection that is good about these things. Yeah. It's
0: good in the medium. Yeah.
1: But you know, I remember, um, just these weird gaps of, but it's still recording. It's like, Oh, hang on, let me, uh, you know, whatever, you know, maybe we're, we're getting ready or we're having a conversation right now. It's like, Hey, hang, hang on, let me go back and you know, that type of thing. And I remember, I remember now listening to these and being like, yeah. I've got to learn to edit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, certainly it, it helps to, a little bit of the polish doesn't hurt. Uh, certainly. And it, that's where I guess it's always a, you have, your your show gets its own voice and, and that, you can't figure that out in episode one and you won't know it. You might have an idea of it until episode two and maybe by episode 10 you kind of figured out, okay, this is how it's going to be. But even then, you know, 40 episodes later you might, like I did, I changed the music and changed st- structure of the show and, and we, yeah, move to good stuff and I don't know, was I Right. No, it doesn't matter, but, um, yeah, yeah you kind of, I think often, um, well, certain types of people, I guess, get so caught up with how am I going to deal with the success of my show <laughs> before they even put out episode one or, or whatever and, and f- stress every single detail. And, and like you said at the beginning, I think it's, it's a medium where, uh, uh, imperfections are allowed to a point as long as you're improving, I think. And that's, and people can sense that and hear that in the, the show in the, interview style and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and in your sponsor reads like what I'm about to do right now <laughs> for <laughs> our, uh, our sponsor for this episode is, uh, someone who's been with good stuff and show, your, show me your mic from basically the very beginning. Uh, campaign monitor is who we use to send out our newsletters at uh, good stuff, good stuff. Dot FM slash newsletters, where you can sign up for our newsletter and you can visit campaign com to check out their service, to send out newsletters for your own business podcast, um, uh, dog and pony show, whatever you do that might benefit from communicating with your customers, your clients, your readers, your listeners, Campaign Monitor can help you out. You can get set up and going within about 60 seconds with their with Canvas, their template builder, which you can check out at canvas.cm. Um, they just updated their iOS app called Monitor as well for uh, iOS 8 and iPhone 6, 6 Plus. So you can, wherever you are in the world, as long as you have an internet connection of some sort, you can check on stats and things, if you're so driven by that, as I sometimes am, to a fault. And uh, you can uh, just be able to communicate really well, not worry about all the responsive devices, designs, all that kind of stuff. They take care of all that for you, opening up in Hotmail and Gmail and Webmail and et cetera mail. Um, all that's taken care of by Campaign Monitor, so you can just worry about the content of your newsletter, the design of it, and get it sent our thanks to Campaign Monitor for supporting good stuff, and show me your mic. Um, yeah, let's get into some of the the discussion of how you record and uh, the uh, you mentioned using uh, Adobe Audition, obviously for recording, but uh, microphone that you're using and sort of the the trail on down. What what's kind of stuff are you using?
1: Yeah, so um, I uh, I use a Rode Podcaster, and I I actually um, went through. Uh, you know Dan Benjamin's podcasting guide or whatever oh yeah. yeah uh and and I think it was like the uh uh I have it up here, let's see, yeah, it was like the so I was like, okay, entry level, and I was like, you know, I really want to go a little bit higher than entry level, uh so I went to eat intermediate level and got basic i basically most of the stuff he has like a a, uh, I'm assuming an affiliate link with everything together. So I got the <laughs> yeah. road podcaster, the boom, the boom kit, and the, and then an arm and shock mount. And then uh, later on, I ended up buying a windshield. And um, as far as headphones, I already had a a pair of headphones that are that work fairly well. It's Audio Technica ATH M30s uh, over the over the full ear headphones. And um, I just had those from my previous job, just so I could kind of tune out. Um, and then I use uh, Adobe Audition to record. And, and and I've heard some of your previous guests um, talk about using Adobe Audition. And obviously, in order to record separate tracks, um, I use Line In and Soundflower. Oh, you go that route, right, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest... Uh, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what any of these things do. I just <laughs> <laughs> I just took I just did some tutorials and figured you know, just figured out how to use it. You know? Yeah. So so as time progresses, you know, I'm hoping to sit down and, and learn more and and actually uh get a little deeper and maybe maybe get on your level with some some real deal equipment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, I I know I've I've joked on here, I think, before about Soundflower and how it kind of just feels like I don't know what's going on, but somehow I got it to work. And that's kind of where I was like, okay, I, I don't feel like I can depend on it yet because or enough because I don't know if I can do this again, <laughs> get it all <laughs> set up or whatever. <laughs> but it really, it does work really well for folks who can, and like you said, you've you figured it out. So great. And that's, I think, uh, certainly the cheaper, cheaper alternative to buying a bunch of extra gear that you may or may not ever <laughs> need right, or right. use. And so, um, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend checking it out. And then, and yeah, there's, tons of tutorials out there for it um and uh if you can wrap your head around it more power to you and i'm just slow i guess that way and (laughs) need actual physical things in my world to sometimes i can't app everything yet but yeah yeah
1: yeah. well it's 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 you know it's like i said we i keep i keep defaulting back to it. it just gets deeper and deeper i actually for um up until episode let me think pull up my site here um I think it was, I did about seven or eight episodes and then, yeah, it was after episode eight. Uh, I started having Aaron, Aaron Dowd actually edits my show now. Oh, nice. So, um, I I met Aaron. I knew about Aaron just from listening to Sean West, the Sean McCabe, Sean West podcast. And so I had an appreciation for Sean's effort and he does two shows a week. He actually might be somebody that would be interesting for you to talk to. Yeah. Um, But he does two shows a week, no sponsors, and his his whole sell is, you know, if you want to give – if you want to reward me for the quality content that I'm giving you, then join my community. Um, And so I ended up joining his community. Um, You know, I was guilted into joining his community after (laughs) listening to so many shows (laughs) and being called a freeloader. (laughs) Um, so I joined this community and I also, you know, I wanted to see like, what's, what's behind the, what's behind the scene here, you know, like what's, what's really back here and it's been great, you know, uh, and that's, I actually met Aaron in that community, uh, because he was obviously one of Sean's co-hosts for the first few episodes and we, we chatted and, and he just, you know, he's a really busy guy obviously. And sort of is choosy with his, with the shows and he edited, uh, two of my shows and I, I, at the time I thought that I liked editing and, <laughs> and it was like, you know, I, I'm going to, we'll try two you know, yeah. and, and we'll see how it goes. And, and my whole thing is because this is a side project and because I need to be creatively fulfilled in some way with this, um, you know, part of the editing is part of the storytelling, you know? And, and it was like, if I miss that, then I'm going to go back and do it again. But the problem is, is that I was doing this, a lot of times on the weekends, taking forever because I didn't exactly know what I was doing. I've gotten a lot, obviously a lot better at it now, but, um, I, I was taking time away from my family. You know, I got two kids and, and a wife and, uh, you know, with the regular work week doing the freelance schedule, which a lot of times can be crazy. Um, it's, and you know, I, it was like, how much is my time worth? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's not making any money right now as far as directly. Now there's been a lot of connections I've been able to make from like the, the freelance side. But, you know, it's like if we think about paying for, I don't know, like my cable bill or something, it's like, oh, that's like X amount of dollars a month. And, and you know, sort of when I told my wife, I was like, well, this is, this is how much it's going to cost to have a show edited. And she was like, well, that's, you know, that's like X amount of dollars a month, considering you're putting out two shows, right. uh, <laughs> you know, a, a, a month. And I was like, "Yeah, but here's the thing, though. It takes me like six hours <laughs> on the weekends. <laughs> on the weekends, so it's like, how much is my time worth? If is it worth me paying for somebody to do this to have that six hours back? You know, especially at a crucial time. My kids are uh, five and three. Oh,
0: nice. And yeah. so,
1: you know, it's like I. Uh, and here we go, kind of going back to the whole parental conversation that seems to be a theme on your show." <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I seven, four, and two. So it's, <laughs> okay. it's hard. Not, well, my seven-year-old. I don't know if you heard of him. He came in. He's homesick today. Not not really sick, but just sick enough that he didn't go to school. So he he might pop in again here again just because he needs stuff to do. But
1: yeah, yeah. But but I you know I made the decision to have Aaron do it, and and it's allowed me to focus on other things like like planning well ahead out and getting my guests and um, writing more in depth show notes, which that's. Uh, um, I do try to write a few paragraphs for my show notes. And then also try to include if you if you listen to the show on the actual episode page, I'll put actual photographs of the people's work, which I clear with them, obviously, to get be able to put that yeah. up on the site. Um, you know, just to kind of give it a little it's not a lot, you know, but it's a little something extra to kind of encourage you to go there and listen to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, and that's what I think. For a folks who, like, obviously, you you know, if you try podcasting first before you worry about whether you're going to hire an editor, but the, I think that's something where people underestimate maybe, or, or like you said, think that they love that part of it, but really once they give it up to someone else, recognize that their passion is actually just, you know, in doing the podcast or creating the website for the podcast and doing the podcast or something, some vector or whatever of those things, but isn't, doesn't necessarily mean you have to love every aspect of that. and. And for those like yourself and myself who freelance and run their own business maybe, and you know that you can make X dollars per hour if you're doing client work rather than spending, like you said, six hours editing and Aaron can do it in an hour or whatever he does, you know, and and charge you for that obviously. But the trade-off is you get time with your kids or you get time to work on other stuff where you're making money. It's, you know, it's important to sort of look at those factors and, and not just hang on to this. There's no, like, I mean, the Leo Laporte's, the Dan Benjamins, the whoever you look up to, they're, they're not editing podcasts anymore. They, they've they hired that out. And that's one way that they've been able to get to that level of success is because they've handed some of that off. And um, not, again, not that you shouldn't do it right from episode one, because it does cost money, obviously, but, <laughs> Right, <laughs> but it can be well, well worth it. And, and, and going back to what we originally started with, the scheduling thing and keeping up, like, if you can't keep up the consistent schedule that you set out to do that's one way to help sort of get that done because Aaron I know is from all accounts I've heard anyways is very good at getting the thing back to you when he says he's going to and doing a good job of it obviously and and that will help hopefully help you because I know for me often we'll finish the show you know a kid my kid will come in or an email will come in I'll get distracted and then I think about having to go back and edit afterwards after if unless I do it right away Thinking about going back to it later, that's like drudgery then to me. And I'll just kind of like distract myself with anything but going back and finishing editing, which
1: (laughs) for this show doesn't take me a long time. Oh, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It has to
0: be one task all the way done. If I leave it for a day, then it might as well be a week because it won't happen. But (laughs) exactly. So uh, I forget where I was now with we're we're going on tangents, Mm -hmm. which is good. But uh, (laughs) the gear and yeah, I think we were sort of talked through all that. You hand off the editing to Aaron. You're using, um, is it? I'm guessing maybe WordPress. Is, no, actually, you... uh, I,
1: I, that's Drupal. So oh, okay. I, I, I came from, from a, a Drupal shop and so what I did was I, like, I left my job and and I freelanced full time for six years, uh, took a job as a creative director at a local web shop. Um, after about a year of that realized that I'm just not cut out to work for other people <laughs> <laughs> and decided to go back out as a freelancer again, which I love, you know, uh, and, I had a month where I went home, went home, you know, after leaving that position and decided I'm not going to do any client work for this month and I'm just going to knock this stuff out. And so I designed the the entire website, um, obviously in Photoshop and handed it off to a a pal of mine who's a Drupal developer. And he, he sort of, you know, I'm not a developer at all. So he he obviously people have their certain their own affinity to certain CMSs and things like that and and I was like thinking well we'll just do this thing in WordPress right and he he convinced me to do Drupal and I was like all right whatever that's fine as long as it gets done <laughs> like that's you know Yeah. So, so designed it and uh had a friend you know develop it for me and um and then here we are uh yeah. today so No it looks good and the, It's yeah. not responsive yet that's my next task. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: I did actually do the web designer thing of just quickly checking it. And I was like, Oh yeah, 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 no, that's, that's, yeah,
1: that's, that's brutal. That has to change (laughs) like immediately. (laughs) I know.
0: But again, that's one of those things where like the podcast is the thing and that's like priority number one, obviously having a nice site will help people, people be interested and stick around or check it out and all that. There's all, that's all dressing I think, but the podcast has got to be number one. So,
1: Well, and it's like MVP, right? Minimum viable product, get it up. Yeah. Of course, I spent a ton of time designing every single page of the website. (laughs) And that's, (laughs) I mean, obviously your your background
0: (laughs) is there, so that's, you're going to sweat that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, Yeah. Yeah. how about your decision to use, like you, you're obviously in iTunes, all that kind of stuff, but uh, you're also posting it to SoundCloud as well. Are you using that as a primary sort of posting site and then sending that to iTunes or are you doing your own? is SoundCloud sort of a secondary place to post the stuff and and use their embedded player.
1: Yeah, that is that's my primary. Um I you know was was doing a little research and then I put out like um uh I think I can't remember if I actually put out in the little 13 minute intro show or not already, but I I applied to be a part of SoundCloud's podcasting program. Right. And and I saw that you know mule for me I was like mule radio uses SoundCloud so if it's good enough for them then it's definitely going to be good enough for me so that's really honestly that's that was it I mean I was just like they use it I'm going to use it and and so um, obviously you know I have to pay since I'm putting out you know so much so many episodes two months two episodes a month I have to pay for the extra you know one of the pro level plans but I'm starting to really like how it's uh, sort of becoming. Uh, I think maybe somebody mentioned this on one of your previous shows, but like, it's like a YouTube of, of audio, you mm-hmm. know, you can share things and then your show itself has its own personality. And so I, I, uh, you know, I'll throw it up there and obviously that updates the RSS into iTunes and then I'll just grab the link and embed it into my site.
0: Yeah. Nice. And so that's, yeah, it's just hosted there. Nothing, nowhere else or whatever, which. Is I think that's a great way. Again, speaking of getting going quickly and easily, way easier than fiddling with um, whether it doesn't matter whether it's WordPress. Then there's plenty of great ways to do it and easy ways to do it in the end with something like WordPress or Drupal or whatever, with um, players and plugins and stuff. But as far as just like getting episode one out the door, mess using SoundCloud as your base, and even I think don't quote me on this because I haven't played with it in a while. But worst case is you could use SoundCloud for your player and then still embed the MP3 in your post somewhere and, and yeah. s- send that through WordPress or whatever you, or CMS of choice to iTunes and things like that. But, um, but yeah, like the, the player is great. The, they give you built in stats. I think it's only like 10 bucks a month for the pro yeah, it's, it? it's, a, or something it's something like that.
1: like that. I want to say I paid somewhere between like 150 to yeah, two hundred dollars for the year. Yeah, yeah. I just, I usually, when things work like that, I usually just fork it up up front because you get like a little bit of discount a lot of times. um I, uh I think, I, and this is just to encourage. If anybody wants to start a podcast, I mean, I put up the first episode on SoundCloud. And I don't even have a website yet. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like that's the thing. Just, just do it. uh Get it up there, and uh but I do like how it allows your show to have its own personality, like. I haven't necessarily done it yet because there's like a weird OCD thing with me in my stream. Like it has to be just makers of sport <laughs> episodes. But, you know, oh, I yeah. could, theoretically, I could share episodes of things that I like, you know, on in there. Like it, it has its own personality. You yeah. Know? So if I find an interview show that I like or whatever, I could I could share it. Yeah. And actually a guy named Michael Wolf. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but um, he is a, a, a tech writer um, and he has a podcast called uh, Next Market Podcast and he's he's a big big soundcloud guy but um his show is he does a lot of market research and spe- specifically in the tech world like wearable technology and and home home related technology and things like that and interviews some podcasters but he uh he started a, th- a little website just like a little podcast collective called technology.fm and uh I actually ended up he posts my show there um which is it's not like a necessarily a network or anything like you guys or 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 dan is is doing but you know it's just kind of a way of some of these smaller boutique shows uh maybe with the exception of uh a 16 pod z podcast which is uh and horowitz right (laughs) (laughs) those guys don't need much help yeah they're doing okay
0: (laughs) But yeah, it's that's neat. So it's kind of just like a collective and you still have your own show and and platform obviously site and all that kind of stuff, but it's just another yeah. place to
1: to reach. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, and that's the thing. I think that um, you know, in this in this sort of shareable web today, you know, what's the uh what's the goal here for us as podcasters is it to have as many people share our show um in ways that are easy so that people can listen to it because if he's just embedding my SoundCloud um, you know, uh, yeah. Thing then then it's going to be no different than if somebody listened to it on my site anyway. Yeah, because you know? exactly. I'm not I'm not necessarily. I mean the whole traffic thing. It's I'm not selling ads on my website, so really traffic, I guess, doesn't mean a ton as no. far as people directly going there. Yeah,
0: you want listeners, and that's I mean he's using your from your account or whatever your SoundCloud embed, and so your someone clicks play there, it's the same as theirs. If I posted on my own personal blog or you know any. The, uh, the nice thing actually with SoundCloud now going forward is their Twitter is using them as a sort of beta or whatever for embeddable MP3s on Twitter cards and stuff. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's available for all accounts yet, but that's something that'll be coming first or sooner to SoundCloud, anyways, than everybody else. And that's a, I think that's a, a, a market sort of a, a niche or whatever, a thing that's going to blow up here a bit is smaller, bite sized podcasts that can just be a tweet basically and embedded in a tweet or whatever. And uh, it kind of scares me from a like production and like you do all this work maybe just to release something that's only four minutes long or, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, I mean, I do my daily show, but I don't put a lot of work into it. But, um, but yeah, that's, it's a neat, neat avenue anyways. Exciting things I think happening. And, and I, I for, I, for one anyways, as a podcaster and as a podcast network owner, I'm not scared of that kind of stuff. It's, it's just all interesting and we'll sort of roll with it and see where it goes, but
1: yeah. I, I, I think that we are, you know, and we, obviously we run in these circles. So we read a lot of these articles, but I really do believe even somebody that's new to podcasting, having done this since March of this year. um, I think that we're real, we really are in a, in like a golden age, like we're, it's about to really hit, you know? And, mm. and I think that it's going to be good for all of us. The, the only thing is, is it's like you said, it's probably going to create a lot more work for us yeah. <laughs> in the long run but, you know, being able to share these things and even little things like, um, you know, iOS, including the podcast app installed by default. Yeah. You know, with the mainstream audience still doesn't know, you know, I can't really walk down the street and talk to somebody and say, you know, what do you do? It's like, well, I, I have a podcast and, and the majority of people still don't know what that is, even though we think that they probably do. But we tend to run in these tech circles, you know?
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's what I've used. I think I've mentioned it before too. I, I use the metric of like, once my mom comes and tells me about a new podcast she's listened to or my dad, it doesn't not gender, but just my mom and dad, their generation or my sisters too are are similar where they, they've listened to occasionally to some of my stuff and then get mad at me for something I said about them maybe, but they right. <laughs> they don't like right. go <laughs> seek out a podcast to listen to and, and then tell other people about it. Like that's like a, if I'll see a, if I see my sisters or somebody, uh, sort of a, a normal person, quote unquote, whatever that means, but posting about a podcast episode, mine or otherwise, on their Facebook page or something, that's when I know things have jumped a bit and, you know, we're going to see a huge, a bigger influx because up to now they don't, they might listen to The Odd Show, link to something from somewhere, but not recognize that it's a thing they could subscribe to and become a regular listener of or any of those kinds of things, so. uh,
1: Right. Yeah, Yeah, I think the, I think the beautiful thing is when we get to the point where you can directly grab... um, and maybe this is the i don't think this is the soundcloud thing that you're referring to but you know let's say i'm listening to a show and i always pull out these really good quote the be, what i feel like are the best quotes and just post them in the show notes but let's say there's a way to easily grab that information and tweet it you know yeah that, that would be yeah, Insane.
0: that's where, I yeah, know, like it requires right now requires a ton of work for you, the podcast producer to, like you said, you sometimes put quotes in and I've done that too on some of the shows where, but it's just, it's just more time and takes, you could make a tweetable quote or whatever and make a tweet button or whatever for your show. And, and then probably for a lot of us, you do that. And then you see, you know, one of those out of a hundred that you do gets actually clicked on. And then it's like, well, it's a lot of work for, for, right, to make right. it for one person. But yeah. <laughs> So there's there's a there's another something there to be solved yet anyways and and that's what uh, I don't know if you listen to the startup podcast uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah his thing and um, six thousand dollars for episode right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing everybody heard that listens that does podcast I know and then
0: his like hundred thousand dollar value or I forget what the value ten million dollar valuation but hundred thousand dollar investment from somebody I mentioned that to a friend who's just like. Yeah, like, at the time he hadn't <laughs> recorded episode one yet of this thing. I was like, "That's where you got to recognize he's got a bit of uh, privilege or, or history yeah, that he yeah. brings." So that it's not just like you and I going to our dad or mum or whatever and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm going to podcast now, so you want to invest in this?" Right.
1: <laughs> but, well, you know, and it's funny. I, I listened to uh, um, you had Justin Jackson on right a, a while back. I'm uh, sort of uh, can't stand that I'm, guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> fellow Canadian, right? Yeah. That was the celebrate Canada episode. Um, no, but he, he, I saw him post something on Twitter, um, a, maybe a week or so ago. And it was like, there was somebody, one of the big, you know, news sites wrote an article about podcasting and it was like, yeah, you know, startup podcast and yeah, you know, all, all power to, to, uh, that guy. I mean, he's, he's killing it. But the thing is, is it's, it's not the reality, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of us that are way back here grinding it out. Um, you know, and even, even like the five by fives, you know, they it wasn't, nothing was mentioned in that episode, you know, it was just like, Oh, NPR. And you know, yeah. it's kind of cheating, you know? Yeah. In, in a little a sense, bit. Yeah.
0: And I, like, I, I, I don't think you're doing this either. There's, there's no sour grapes. I don't think for what he's doing and he's accomplished. It's great, but it also kind of paints everybody as if this is where, we haven't been doing this for a while. And I remember four or five years ago, there was a similar thing that happened when I don't remember if it was Leo reports or somebody, you know, he built a new studio. And so then it gets a bit of press and it's like, Oh, podcasting is on the cusp of this big revival or whatever. And and it just kind of dies down and everyone keeps slugging along and <laughs> making their right. hundred dollars a month in sponsorships or whatever they might get. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, It feels like it's perpetually. It's kind of like the old saying of "This is the year of Linux on the desktop," or "This is the year that video is going to take off on the internet," and "This is the year that podcast is going to take off." And it just, you know, it's just slow, and there's little blips and you know huge spikes on something, but then it kind of falls back down to normal and a little bit higher than it was before. But uh, keep going. And
1: and, you know, the thing about uh, that show, and I love that show, startup podcast. I mean, I think it's very creative you know, with the way that it's just uh, transparent and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, so nothing, uh, like you said, I mean, not to paint that in a bad light at all. That's great. And I love the fact that we have this very talented mainstream, you know, radio personality pursuing podcasting like that. That's good for all of us. But also, I think that, you know, many of us need to keep in perspective, too, that the reality is, not many people are going to get six thousand dollars an episode for sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Or or or, you know, and even from a sponsorship perspective. Like now that the, you know, I don't know if it was the New York Times or whatever posted this, but it was a fast uh, company was, article, I think. That, okay, that okay, one, yeah. yeah. So so, you know, even brands, marketing directors at brands that read that article and think, oh now sponsoring podcasts is gonna get me, you know, all this stuff. I think there's a lot of benefit in it, but you you know, on that side as well, you know, you gotta kinda keep a, a level head, I guess, to know that. Yeah, just because you sponsor a show, you're not going to get the results that maybe (laughs) uh, Alex Bloomberg got.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's I know something we've, as we talk with sponsors, is you kind of get a bit of both. Like we hear, or potential sponsors, is either they're so undervaluing the the value of podcasting and sponsorship, and you know me talking directly into someone's ear about their brand or product, or they've yeah got so such unrealistic expectations. The other extreme of I'm gonna because we have a thousand listeners of this episode, let's say 900 of them are going to sign up for my service after episode one or whatever that I sponsor. And, um, yeah, kind of, we just have to educate and do that's again, going back to what I was saying with a sponsorship business, some mediator in between who just can do a really great job of explaining all the nuances of podcasting, both the benefits and the negatives and where you have to be careful because it doesn't do any of us any good to oversell the, the idea and charge a whole bunch of money to somebody. And then they, a business just gets burned on, one podcaster who you know over, oversells, overvalues his podcast, and then uh, they don't ever want to do it again because they didn't see anything from it anywhere near what they put into it. But right, anyways, that's probably a, a discussion for another show. That could, yeah, that's I mean, an that could entire be like a, show right that there, could be right? a series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting that show has brought has made me think about you know as the, we do good stuff here. There's a bunch of us behind the scenes doing it and and the idea of like being that transparent about what's going on is is tough because we you know we have discussions and arguments and debates about how to do things and I'm sure there'll be interest in some of that to listeners but at the same time to do that knowing you're going to be putting this out in the world it would be I don't know it's it's I it's an interesting way of of being that um transparent and open I guess and I don't know if I could do it or not but um it'd be, right. a, it'd be a experiment so um well, before we wrap up, you you've mentioned a few. The what are some of the podcasts that you, you listen to? You mentioned like I don't know if you're listening to them, but that technology.fm site startup here startup dot com is a is Alex Bloomberg's podcast. What are some of the other shows? Yeah, like?
1: so I um right now I'm looking in I use Instacast to listen to my podcasts and so I I, I like having the ability to um sort of sleep shows, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, without having to unsubscribe because I might, you know, maybe something just stops or whatever and you don't have any more episodes and I can sort of substitute that one in. But the shows that I never miss an episode of are uh, um, Sean West. That's the Sean West podcast, S-E-A-N-W-E-S. And um, I listen to Product People with Justin Jackson. Um, I listen to The Dirt, which is a show about uh, UX, uh, Fresh Tilled Soil, which you, you had them on here, right?
0: Yeah, uh, that was when okay. uh, Kyle was Kyle Roderick stepped in for a bit for me and,
1: and yeah, with him. yeah, so so and and I also listen to your show, which which I just discovered your show um a couple months back. So, so I because of the OCD in me, I, I if I like a podcast, I have to listen to every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for you, I am on um, oh, is, that's funny. yeah, 45. Okay, uh, so yeah. a few back, but uh, I'll get there. <laughs> um
0: that's a that's a little bit uh i i don't even know if i could go i i should go back and listen just so i could hear how things have changed but uh i can't listen to the podcast like if my show is on and my wife's listening so she doesn't listen to this one but other shows that i do or whatever i always have to make her make her turn it off because i just can't stand listening to myself <laughs> beyond yeah. the actual editing obviously but
1: anyway yeah um also listen to the businessology show with dan mall um that's a oh, pretty, yeah. pretty good one as far as like the business side of design uh, listen, I listen to Mac power users, but I don't listen to every single episode. So I sort of pick and choose on that one, which ones I want to, cause I, I for me, it's really hard to listen to a show that's like two hours long. I mean, if something goes yeah. that long for me, it's, it's tough. Yeah. That's, uh, actually last night's, I, I think everybody, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say
0: last, the last latest episode of the talk show, which I, I usually listen to most of them. That's a John Gruber daring fireball podcast, but right. I realized I was sitting here last night and doing some work and like the latest episode with John Syracuse talking about his OS 10 review. It's like three hours long. And I hadn't realized it was because I listened to it sort of broken up throughout the day and throughout a couple of days, I think. But it's like, holy crap, that's a long... Yeah, yeah. That breaks every rule of podcasting. Yeah, that's anyway.
1: tough. That's why I, I have a hard time. I mean, I do listen to him every once in a while, but I, he's not one of the ones that I'm listening to every single time. The same with... Uh, I do listen to Grit, every episode of Grit, formerly Quit. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And And as far as... Uh, something that's maybe not I've well recently I've been listening to NYRD Radio, which is Alexis O'Hanian's new show. He's only got three episodes. So that's uh that's a pretty good one. Uh Invisible Office Hours, that's Paul, Paul Jarvis and Jason Surfer app, which it uh they're kind of doing the seasonal thing. So they got twelve episodes and they're gonna take a break and come back yeah. for more later. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of the ones that I literally do not miss an episode of dorm room tycoon is a good one that I listen to a guy named William Channer. He's got hundred and one episodes and that one sort of floats between entrepreneurship design tech and, uh, advertising. His interviews usually tend to be about 30 minutes or less, which I like that. Yeah. You know, to kind of go in real quick. Uh, as far as outside of tech, I listened to a couple of sports shows, uh, ESPN, some some things from ESPN, uh, Jalen and Jacoby, which is um, – those guys sort of come from the whole Grantland right. world. Uh, Jalen Rose is a former NBA basketball player. And uh, I listened to a show called Relevant Podcast, which is uh, a, uh, a magazine – it started off as a magazine about sort of like uh, religion, culture, and – kind of creativity and and it's 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 about a one and a half hour show and they'll have like guests on like uh mainstream musicians and actors and things like that it's it's pretty good it's funny they have some funny people on there nice. so my wife and i listen to that one together that's the only podcast that my wife actually listens to <laughs> the rest i'm just like i've constantly got things on i'm yeah. just trying out stuff and you know how it is
0: yeah cool Lots well, that's a good list of uh stuff for show or shows for people to check out if they're looking for something new and different um where can folks find you on the, on
1: the internets these days? Yeah. So I, uh, I'm on Twitter at T Adam Martin. Um, so you can, you can talk to me there and then also, uh, T And then my show is at makers of sport on Twitter and then makers Cool.
0: All right. Well, thanks. Thanks Adam for coming on. And, uh, my son has come in, so I guess I have to go, uh, figure out something for him to do here <laughs> perfect time yeah and uh for uh folks who are listening to this episode if you're uh brand new to show me your mic like uh like adam said you can go back and listen to the archives episode 56 of the show which you can find at goodstufffm slash smym i'm i chris on twitter show me Your mic's twitter account is smym underscore fm you can hit me up at chris at GoodStuff.fm if you have a comment or a suggestion for a future episode guest um and there's also a if you're a podcaster who would like to just book an appearance on the show, like I've said before, you know whatever five to ten episodes in something somewhere around that number. I use ten as a kind of round number, but um, you want to come on and talk about your show. goodstuff.appointlet.com. I'll put a link in the show notes at the bottom of the page to that. But that's where you can actually just book right in, and uh, saves us both a bunch of time uh, getting scheduled and sorted and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that's where Adam, you can you booked. Yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, like you said, I'm not booked as far as you are in, into February or whatever. Like you said, that's, that's awesome. But it's, uh, that, that, uh, service alone, I think has saved my ability to be on a consistent schedule. Cause I would, speaking of putting things off to other people, I've, I would put off booking people just cause I, it felt like it took forever. And so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> back and forth, but, uh, that's, yeah, that service has, has saved my bacon there for sure. And, uh, um, they're not a sponsor, but they're indirectly, they actually are, I guess. And you can check them out at pointlet.com for, for stuff you might want to use them for as well. Um, I think that's it for this episode back next week with a guest who is Jared Ringold. We'll be talking with him. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.